Welcome to Safety Chats. Host Jason Stark, Director of Safety at Baldwin Safety and Compliance, shares decades of aviation experience and a passion for safety. Let's get started with this week's Safety Chat. So imagine it's a sunny day and you're sitting in Boston and you're watching the marathon and you see the winner comes across the finish line and then you have the second place and you have the third place and the fourth place and so on. So as we're talking, as we're seeing first place, second place, third place, and fourth place, the question I have for you is, is the second place individual twice as good as the fourth place individual? Or is the second place individual one better than the third place individual in terms of performance? And it's kind of an odd question, and I'll get to the reason why, but we do the same logic when we're doing risk assessments. We start doing this voodoo math and this fuzzy math, or if you're from across the pond, we could say maths, that just doesn't seem right. But hey, everybody, I'm Jason. This is the Baldwin Safety Chat podcast. Talk about everything SMS, organizational behavior, organizational psychology, systems, you name it. It's like a cornucopia of stuff to hopefully help us do our jobs just a little bit better or become a little bit more knowledgeable or just maybe scratch our heads and say, huh, that's interesting. Let me find out more about that. That would be totally cool if you did that. So here I am. I'm in not so sunny Anaheim, California. I'm attending the HAI Heli Expo. We're looking forward to seeing some of the people there, learning more about helicopter operations, talking about Baldwin, how to be safety, doing a class here too on safety culture and how to measure safety culture in your organization. So basically how you can construct a safety culture survey. But that is not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to talk about numbers. Now I've watched a lot of people do frats and construct them. So in my position, I get to see people constructing frats or work with them to construct frats. And we've got a fantastic team that helps them. A lot of these numbers are arbitrary and I would almost argue that they're very subjective, but they're almost not of value. So I wanna talk about that. So let's talk about the different types of measurements. Okay, the different types of measurements. So there's nominal, there's ordinal, there's interval, and there's ratio. So let's talk about each one just really quickly. You can kind of see where things fit in. But nominal is just basically named variables. There's no order, there's no reason to them. So like gender, age, work experience, school experience. Those are nominal variables. Those are nominal measurements because they're just named only. You can't say that gender is more important than work experience. (laughs) That just wouldn't make sense, right? You'd be like, well, what are you talking about? Those are nominal variables. Now, which brings us to our next one, which is of interest. It's ordinal. Ordinal variables are named and they have an order. So when we're talking about in that opening about first place, second place, third place, fourth place, fifth place, that is ordinal. No measurements are named and have an order to it. And that's exactly what we're doing when we're risk assessing. So whether it's we're doing the five by five risk matrix and we find that, hey, a one risk is 3B, the other one is 4A, that is ordinal because we're ranking them, right? That's exactly what we're doing. We're ranking them, we're prioritizing them, and rightfully so because we're prioritizing them, we're giving them a rank, like this is the most important, this is the second most important, this is the third most important, so we know how to direct our resources and which risk factors we need to address first, right? Because we don't have unlimited resources. It's really helpful to rank them. But here's the thing. 
We do the same thing on the frat. So in the frat, when you have a line item that is six points and you have another line item that is 15 points, some of it seems kind of arbitrary, but six points, 15 points, right? What those are, those are actually wins. So we score for that item. So what you're saying is that this item, the 15, has more prominence, is higher in the order, there's that word again, order, than the item that is six points. But here's the thing, doing with math or maths with ordinal numbers, it's not the same as doing maths with the other two type of numbers, which I'll talk about in a second. So you need to be careful about that. I've seen people, they have a risk that is, let's say it's 5C and they reduce it to 3C through mitigation. Again, that's through subjective risk assessment, which is going to be the topic of another podcast. So they go from 5C to 3C. So they're saying that they've reduced the risk by a factor of two. We can't say that. And where it gets really screwed, if you go from a 5C to a 3 or 2B, so how do you resolve that number? So what they do is they label the probability axis 1 through 5, and they label the severity axis 1 through 5, and they basically multiply. Never mind the point that you're going to have duplicate numbers in some of the columns. But what they do is they multiply them, and then they just come up with quantitative values for that. Again, very subjective and still ordinal. But they'll say, okay, this risk was 25. We've mitigated it down to a 15, so we've reduced it by 10. Well, you have to say 10 what? And the, the math doesn't work out in that. So we have to be careful with ordinal numbers. It's the same with a frat. So if we say we have a frat that we have an item that's 15 points and it contributes to the overall score, even adding ordinal numbers is, is not kosher. But we say we have a frat that's 15, we have, a, we have an item that's 15 points. So what ends up happening is we say, okay, we're gonna take seven points off of that because of this mitigation, reduce it to a seven. Well, that's. Again, that's an ordinal number, and that's not that's not kosher math. So let's go into the next two where math becomes more logical. So the next one is interval. And an interval, they're obviously named measurements, the named variables, they're ordered, and they're proportionate interval between variables. So that means the interval between three and four is the same as the interval between four and five, which is one. Now, when we talk about first place and second place in that marathon, how do we even know that it's the same as the difference between second place and third place? Now, if we look at strictly time, that may not be the case. If we look at performance levels, that certainly may not be the case. But if we say that somebody came in 60 seconds less than the second place, then we can say, yeah, that, that's interval. That's actually a defined interval between the two variables. And finally, what we have is ratio. And ratios are named, ordered, proportionate interval between variables, so just like interval, but the difference between interval and ratio is ratio has an absolute zero. Ratio has an absolute zero. So when we look at the Celsius temperature scale, the Celsius temperature scale does not have an absolute zero. It has a zero, right? It has a zero, but then you start having these negative and you go up to negative absolute zero. And the Kelvin scale, the Kelvin scale is a ratio scale because it does have an absolute zero, but, but the Celsius scale, the Fahrenheit scale, they do not have an absolute zero. So they are an interval scale as opposed to the Kelvin scale which is ratio. And as far as I know, we do not use any ratio or even sometimes interval in our risk assessment techniques. Now we could use interval or ratio. So when we're figuring probability, if we actually use quantitative probability, 
we could have an absolute zero. There is no chance that would happen. I mean, theoretically, there is no chance that would happen or be infinitesimally small or approach zero, but we would say that we still have a zero probability. We don't have the negative side of probability. So we could say that in what we're doing, we have a ratio scale if we were to use quantitative probability, but we don't. We use things like improbable, not probable, or slightly probable, no chance of happening, slight chance of happening, could happen every day. We use these qualitative explanations. And when we do those and we assign a value to it, that is not an interval or ratio value, it is an ordinal value. So we have to be careful when we do the math on that because the math is not the same as you would have for interval and ratio numbers. Now, where am I going with this? When we're talking about the frat, when we're talking about the frat specifically, I think I get concerned because we can have an item, let's say that it's five, and then somebody pegs another item at 15. And then I've seen frats where we have this one item that is six, and then you have another one that's 50. Or let's make it easier, and it's 48. So are they thinking that the 48 is actually eight times riskier or more exposure or heavily weighted than the six? And we can't say that. We cannot say that because those are ordinal numbers. Now, what we do, especially in surveys with the Likert scale, those are actually ordinal, but we do treat them like interval numbers, which is okay. I mean, that's been shown in, in research to be okay. But the thing is, is that in, in the Likert scale, one through five or one through three or one through seven, those are bounded. When we're creating frats, we have a very wide scope. We have some items that are maybe two or three or four and some that are up to 60, 50 points. And it's just ridiculous because, okay, well, that, that's such an inflated interval, not to confuse it with the interval variable or the interval of measurement, but it, it's so inflated. What is it that makes it on the order of 20, 30 times greater than this one particular and 20, 30 times what? So we need to be very careful with those. So what is my suggestion? Let's stick with it for now. My suggestion is that you pick a bounding number set. If you want your set up, one through five, and you score your frat according to that. So seven would be those things that have the highest exposure or the, I don't want to say it's risk because it's not really risk, but it's a weighted value for us shows that it's of highest prominence that has the potential to be the most catastrophic, I guess, is the way we could say it. Sometimes the frat just eludes me, and I don't know why, but it's not a bad tool. The thing about the frat, I'm going to go on a little segue here. The thing about the frat is that it's a very good tool for awareness. Now, when the frat was first done before the FAA got hold of it, they actually used data and they used two variables. And I know you're going to ask me what those two variables were, and I can't think off the top of my head, but if you go back to the original paper on the frat, there was more than just one variable. I think there was a probability factor, but I have to ask. Um, the, the creator of the frat, which I happen to know. The thing with the frat, though, sometimes is that we, we get too carried away thinking that that is the end-all, be-all, that it actually gives us a quantitative value for risk, which it actually isn't. It's just giving you a total exposure, which, again, adding ordinal numbers does not make sense. How do you add third, first place and third place? Do you come up with fourth place? That's not how it works. So we have to be careful with that. So my suggestion is, Use a bounded scale. Use a one through seven like a Likert scale. Some people call it a Likert scale, but it's actually pronounced Likert, believe it or not. And use a one through seven, and then that bound hopefully gives you a little bit more of a standard interval between each of those, between the one, the two, the three, the four, the five, the six, the seven. So you see it makes more sense than if you were to say this item is a five and this item is like a 30. 
Well, why is that? It's not bounded. I mean, you have no bounded top. You can go up as high as you want. I mean, not don't mention the fact that it's subjective, which it, it absolutely is. And when we're dealing with subjectivity, it'd be good to get more people involved. And we're happy to sit with you on your fret and give you our input as well. But maybe we should look at bounding the values, like one through seven, and using that for the fret. And that's to me, would make a little bit more sense. But I think the takeaway from this is one, we have to be careful. We have to be careful when we do math with the ordinal numbers. We deal with ordinal numbers all the time in our profession. And that's just, that's just by design. I mean, again, I like to have a podcast. I'm actually using quantitative interval and ratio numbers where we can describe risk in terms of actual probability. And we can actually describe severity in terms of monetary amounts. And then we can actually come up with a number that's quantitative and actually ratio in that case. So that would be a more precise method. We could do math with that appropriately as opposed to how we're doing math now. But first thing, when it comes to using the alphanumeric risk matrix, like the IKO uses 5A, 3C, don't attempt to do math on that. If you go from 5C to 3C, you did not reduce it by two, okay? So let's get that out of the way. Second thing, when you're doing the frat, try to use a bounded scale like one through seven, one through nine, whatever you want to use, but try to use a bounded. And when you're going through these items and you're scoring them, try to create an interval between each one of those that makes sense, so that you can describe it. Like maybe a two has half the monetary damage in a four would, or two has half of something, then something that's related to a four. So try to do that. And if we do that, then we can get closer to having numbers that we can actually do math with that we can do it. So when we say, okay, this thing is a six and we reduce it by three, we are saying that we're reducing it actually by half, by half of the amount. And by we're saying by the resulting three that our company is okay with that three or that we have a tolerance for whatever that three represents. Does that make sense? I am on a different mic, so maybe I sound differently, but I just really wanted to pass that along. I was thinking about that as we're setting up the booth today. I'm like, it seems like a good thing to talk about. And also I'm reading a great book on, on risk management, or it's called The Failure of Risk Management, which is a fantastic book. You should read it. But it does talk a lot about how we use the numbers and how we use the measurements and how we've got it all wrong. But that's the author's, that's the author's view. I don't want to spoil the book for you if you want to read it, but I highly suggest you check it out. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for what you do. Uh, wish me luck here at HAI in my class. If you are here at HAI, I don't know if this will get posted before that, but please come say hi to me at the booth. And would love to see you. Would love to talk to you. Would love to hear your feedback. If you're not at HAI, I still love to hear your feedback. Wherever you listen to this podcast, if you like it, feel free to smash that number, that thing that says like. If you don't like it, well, let us know too. You know, We want to make this a podcast that will actually serve you and actually give you things to think about and little nuggets, as we'll call them, so that we can do our jobs a little bit more effectively. So thank you so much for watching all that you guys do. Love you guys. Until we talk the next time, I should say, on the podcast, be safe. This podcast is brought to you by Baldwin Safety and Compliance, the leader in safety management for the transportation industry. Since 2004, Baldwin has been providing state-of-the-art solutions and 24-7 support to the aviation and transportation industries. 
Baldwin's clients include all sizes and types of transportation operators. Baldwin provides safety and related business services to commercial and non-commercial transportation operators, medical transporters, FBOs, MROs, airports, flight schools, UAS operators, firefighters, OEMs, ground transport operators, and others. Visit BaldwinSMS.com to discover how Baldwin can enhance your organization's safety program.